So damn near after a year, almost towards the day of New Japan Pro Wrestling running shows with fans in attendance, New Japan Pro Wrestling is now on pause. And it's not the fans. It's definitely not the fans. I just want to make that clear. It's not the fans. And it's not the idea of getting ready to blame the fans and things of that nature or missteps or miscalculations. It's actually some of the talent who have come down with the uh, pandemic symptoms of the pandemic and new Japan is now taking the steps to take a pause for the cause at this very moment. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mark Morrell. I am the co-host and one half of the most illustrious tag team in the motherfucking galaxy. The universe, the microverse, uh, in every part of the galaxy, far, far, far away and up close. Dark Side's favorite podcast, uh, the purveyors of the anti-life equation of pro wrestling, the herald to the world boss, Dietrich Davis, a.k.a. King Boom Ye, and all of those other names that he calls himself but nonetheless, the man behind the controls, I'm goddamn uh, Spock along on the Enterprise. And we welcome you to this year's, I say this year's, this week's edition of Wrestlers with Experience. We thank you for tuning in on your favorite streams. And uh, we thank you very much for tuning in and listening and supporting our efforts on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Podcast. Um, Attic, Podbeam, uh, Deezer, and Tuned In, and some of the other streams as well. So we're going to get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got quite a bit of news, and the first thing I'm going to do is I am going to go to the um, Wrestling Dantaku um, reports that did take place. So I'm going to go to that. I'm going to give you the results of those nights. And then I'm going to also talk about what's been going on regarding um, all of the happenings that's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And needless to say, everything that has um, gone on from the uh, Sasuma Nakuni so, I mean, the Satsuma no Kuni shows, Nights 1 and 2, and of course the Wrestling Duntaku shows, and um, <clears throat> some of the other matches that did take place, including uh, Fenju. So let's talk, let's let's get into some TNA news first. I know that Dietrich will be um, focusing on TNA news, but I'm going to talk about the two TNA situations with the New Japan guys, which including the debut of El Phantasmo, the two-time uh, was it best of the Super Juniors? No, top of the Super Juniors. Um, cup winner, back-to-back, making his debut for Impact Wrestling, and Finn Juice retaining the Impact Tag Team titles at Rebellion. So let's get into that. So we all know at Rebellion, uh, two weeks ago, Kenny Omega won the... Um, the impact in the TNA World Heavyweight Championships. That was a very 
very, very important match in the world of pro of pro wrestling that did take place. And uh, as many people are focusing on that match, one of the matches that needs some attention is the World Tag Team title match between Finn Juice and the Good Brothers. And in this bout, the former IWGP Tag Team Champions, which they are, both teams, um, they put on a hell of a match. And it looked like um, Gallows and Anderson were definitely looking to get the win by nearly hitting the magic killer on Juice Robinson. But um, David Finley made the save. And uh, they were able to retain the tag team championships under their first title defense. This was the first title defense for Finn Juice, ladies and gentlemen. So they were able to successfully defeat the former um, three-time IWGP tag team champions. Uh, as um, they defeated the, the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers are part of the super elite. They're involved in the angle with uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks at this present moment. So they're definitely doing their thing. So, but you got to give credit and props to Finn Juice. So they're definitely doing that. And El Phantasmo made his debut on uh, May 6th in Impact Wrestling. El Phantasmo made his debut. He was the Super J Cup winner. That's what it is. Super J Cup winner, back-to-back winner, made his debut. Um, El Phantasmo made his debut last week. In a spectacular showing, the man with the most dangerous super kick on the face of the planet Earth made his debut for uh, Impact Wrestling. No one knows whether or not if he's going to be a part of the Super Elite or is he going to just be running by himself because when they built him in, partner for that, taking a sip of a nice beverage. Oh. Toasted Lager. That's all I got to say about that. El Phantasmo made his debut for Impact. <clears throat> he's representing the Bullet Club, but we don't know if he's going to be a part of the Super Elite. I don't think that, that I don't think that they are going to have him involved in this here storyline. And if they are to, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. Similar to the way that Kenta had his interactions with Kenny Omega um, earlier this year when. Uh, Kenta made his uh, debut for All Elite Wrestling and was challenging John Moxley for the United States Heavyweight title. Although they were able to get along, they were able to do their thing and to win their match against Moxley and um, Lance Archer, there's still no love lost between the Bullet Club and the Super Elite. Considering where the allegiances lie, I do not expect for El Phantasmo to be a part of anything with the Super Elite at the moment. I think he is going to brush them off. But I do see him um, going after the X Division Championship. So El Phantasmo will definitely make a um, huge impact. No pun intended. But um, he will lay claim to that X Division Championship. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes about. Now let's get on to Wrestling Duntaku and the um, reviews, actually the, the, the reviews for that. But I also want to talk about what's been going on with um, John Moxley. John Moxley 
will be defending by the time that you hear this, John Moxley will be defending the would have defended the IWGP United States heavyweight title against Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata made the travel all the way to the United States from Japan to come and challenge uh, John Moxley for the title. Moxley had um, issued the challenge for um, Nagata to challenge him for the title. And um, a heated exchange of words have gone back and forth. Nagata's like, listen, I'm going to take you on, but you know what? You don't have to rely on the punk stuff. You don't need to rely on all that tables and gimmicks and all this other stuff. Take me on as a wrestler. And that pretty much rubbed uh, John Moxley the wrong way by being felt like he was called the punk. So um, they're going to put on a strong showing. So what ended up happening was on the May 1st, uh, not the May 1st edition, but actually um, the May 7th edition of New Japan Strong, there was a special tag team match between John Moxley and Chris Dickerson, who is a part of Team Dirty, who is looking, who is the number one contender for the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, teamed up with John Moxley to take on Ren Narita and Yuji Nagata in a warm-up preview match um, before the uh, May 12th match between Moxley and Nagata. Great matchup between these gentlemen. Uh, Moxley and Nagata went at it toe-to-toe. Stiff shots, forearm shots, elbows, kicks, chops. You name it. Nagata brought the fight to Moxley. Moxley brought the fight to Nagata. Renarita definitely had a nice burn up against John Moxley for quite some time. Um, Narita hit his um overhead, overhead belly to belly suplex on Moxley, and it looked like he damn near uh dropped Moxley on his head. But luckily, Moxley um did not get hurt. Um, another good showing definitely from Chris Dickerson. Chris Dickerson is making a name for himself. Uh, a former um. Big Japan stalwart. He's a ROH guy as well. I believe um, Dickerson, he might have had a run in ROH, but they put up a great showing. And in the end, it was Nagata getting the win over Chris Dickerson. Um, actually, yeah, it was. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. It was actually Moxley getting the pinfall on Ren Narita with the uh, Death Rider to solidify the win. And then they went back into. Um, Cracking against each other, and Nagata hit the Nagata Lock Two on um on Moxley. So Moxley was forced to tap, but he you know but there was a there was a big pull apart. But your winners was uh Yuji Nagata and Renderita over John Moxley and Chris Dickerson. So it was a great matchup there between these guys. Let me say this again: is damn it, I got it wrong. John Moxley and Chris Dickerson got the win over Yuji Nagata. And Ren Narita in a great tag team match. Now, let's get into what I want to call the, um, <laughs> the, um, I want to get into the Dontaku shows. The Dontaku shows were actually pretty damn good. Ladies and gentlemen, I must say that they were pretty damn good. So we're going to get right into those, um, those bouts and matches and stuff like that. But, um, before I do that, what I need to do is I need to get to oh my Jesus there's so much going on here you know um let's get right to it let me see here okay here we are 
The Road to Wrestling Dontaku 2021 at Kumamoto, Grand Mise Kumamoto. We had um, Yoda Suji taking on Gabriel Kidd. And it was um, Yoda Suji with the double arm suplex on Gabriel Kidd to get the win. The second bout, we had six man tag team action. We had Sho, Yo, a Rapongi 3K, and Riguchi. Ryusuke Taguchi taking on Suzuki Gun in six man tag team action. And um, it was Taguchi with the schoolboy on Yoshinobu Kanamaru. Then, of course, we had the uh, triple threat match between Suzuki Gun and the uh, Bullet Club. It was a double count out between both teams. Um, five minutes, three seconds, it was a double count out. Then, in. Um, Five-man um, five tag act, ten-man tag team action. We have Master Wado, Tiger Mask, Hiroshi Tenzan, Yano Toru, and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Bullet Clubs, Dick Togo, Gato, Taji Shimori, Yujiro Takahashi, and Evil. 14 minutes, 14 seconds with Tanahashi getting the submission win over Gato with the Texas Clover hold. <clears throat> we have um, the United Empire getting the pinfall over... Uh, Los Ingrenobles de Japan with Jeff Cobb hitting the tour to islands on Bushi in 17 minutes, 35 seconds. The featuring participants in this match included Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, Will Ospreay, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Shingo Takagi, who at the time, the number one contender for the belt, Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. So that was for the Road to Wrestling Dontaku results for that particular night. May 1st, Wrestling to Untaku um, events took place at the Beppo Beacon Plaza. We had uh, Yuya Amura going over on uh, Gabriel Kidd, 7 minutes, 23 seconds, with a double on the hook suplex. We have, um, in six-man tag team action, Minoru Suzuki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado defeating Tiger Mask. And the junior heavyweight tag team champions were Pongi 3K, Show and Yo. <clears throat> in 11 minutes, 38 seconds, with a schoolboy by Yoshinobu Kanamaru to get the pinfall on Tiger Mask. We had another, another six-man tag team match between Bullet Club and um, Suzuki Goon. It went five minutes, 47 seconds to another double DQ. And then we had, in our semi-main, we had Master Wato Taguchi. Tenzan, Yanotaro, and Tanahashi taking on Dick Togo, um, Gato, Taji Shimori, Yujiro Takahashi, and Evil with Tanahashi submitting Jade, um, saying Jado, Gato with the uh, Texas Clover hold, 15 minutes and 10 seconds. And then in the main event, we had once again um, the United Empire, Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, and Will Ospreay, the world champion, taking on LIJ's Bushi, Sonata, Naito and Shingo Takagi with Jeff Cobb getting the pinfall on Bushi with the Torida Islands in 18 minutes, 43 seconds. And now we're going to get to the Wrestling Dontaku events. Night one. We have in the first mount, in the first bout at um, Fukuoka Convention Center, um, Attendance, 2,211 people in attendance. Um, this was on the May 3rd. This was May 3rd. So 
Here's the card. The first match, you got uh, Master Wato, Tiger Mask, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Yano Toru taking on Bullet Clubs, Dick Togo, Taji Shimori, Yujiro Takahashi, and Evil with um, Taji Shimori getting a pin on Tiger Mask with the Bloody Cross. You have um, six-man tag team action, a team of Chaos, uh, Rapongi 3K, and Kazuchika Okada taking on Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanamaru. You had um, the match going 10 minutes and 31 seconds with um, Sho and Yo hitting the direct drive on Yoshinobu Kanamaru to get the win. So that went, went to chaos. We had a eight-man tag match between LIJ versus the United Empire. Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanari, Great O'Connor, Will Ospreay, the world champion, taking on Bushi, Sonata, Naito, and Shingo Takagi. And it was Sonata with the O'Connor Bridge to get the pinfall on Aaron Hanare. 11 minutes, 31 seconds. And now we have the, um, the two semi-mains in the main event match that did take place on this, on this card for tonight. Featuring uh, Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Tonga Loa. Uh, 15 minutes and 12 seconds. This was a great scientific match. A great scientific showing by the by Zack Sabre Jr. Tonga Loa, this was one of his first high-profile singles matches. And uh, he did a pretty good job in this match. But 15 minutes, 12 seconds with the crucifix pin um, counter out of ape shit. Zack Sabre Jr. got the win. And now they are the number one contenders for the World Tag Team title, the IWGP World Tag Team title. Um, Zack Sabre and Taichi will be getting a shot at those belts. It was a great contest between them. And the stipulation was pretty much what it was. If Zack Sabre Jr. lost, they can, that Dangerous Techers would never get another shot at the tag belts. But in this particular case, Zack Sabre Jr. got the win, countered the ape shit, set down pile driver, over on Tangaloa and rolled them up in the crucifix to get the pen. The fifth match was the Iron Fingers from Hell ladder match, where inside of a bag was the was the um, Iron Fingers, which was left by Tazuyuki Izikia. Izika, excuse me. Um, Taichi had possession of it for a good portion of two years, and Tamatanga had possession of it for quite a bit for early this year. Both wrestlers fighting over the position, fighting over possession of the Iron Fingers. But um, just was when Tamatanga was close of getting ready to win this matchup. Zack Sabre Jr. and Doki got involved in the match along with Tongaloa and um, Gato. I mean, Jado in his matchup. Jado, excuse me, in his matchup. But in the end, it was Taichi who got the win. And was able to win the Iron Finger from Hell. And he finally retired the Iron Fingers. So now not only are they the number one contenders for the World Tag Team title. But the Iron Fingers from Hell can be laid to rest. And in the main event. The IWGP Never Openweight Championship champion Hiroshi Tanahashi versus challenger Jay White. The match went 39 minutes and one second. It was a great match between these guys. 
counter after counter after counter after counter. And just when it seems like um, Jay White was about to get the win um, with numerous holds, including his uh, leg lock, he put the inverted leg lock on um, uh, Tanahashi numerous times. But Tanahashi made the comeback with some dragon screw leg whips. Um, but there was a point where Jay White was hitting the dragon screw leg whip on Tanahashi and then applied the Texas Clover hold on him. Um, they were trading the holds back and forth. It was a great contest. And at the last point where Tanahashi had uh, Jay White in the Texas Clover hold, it looked like Tanahashi was going to get the win, but the distraction from Gato um, caused for Red Shoes not to see the um the uh, the tap out by Jay White and um Jay White end up countering the sling blade to go into the blade runner to get the pinfall over Hiroshi Tanahashi in 39 minutes and 1 second <clears throat> to become the brand new never open weight champion Jay White now is officially the first person to hold all four singles championships heavyweight titles um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the IWGP Heavyweight, the Intercontinental, the United States, and the Never Openweight title. And ironically enough, <clears throat> he ended up beating Hiroshi Tanahashi for two of those championships: the Never Heavy, the Never Openweight belt, and the IWGP Heavyweight title. So, um, kudos to Jay White. At the end, Jay White issued two two challenges. And those two challenges, one was for Kenny Omega. He told Kenny Omega right off the bat, like, you may call yourself the belt collector right now, but I'm the real belt collector. And if you don't believe me, you can come see me and we can have that discussion. So there might be a possibility of a Jay White, um, Kenny Omega meeting somewhere down the road. But I doubt it's going to be for the never open weight title, but it might be interesting to see what may happen from that. But, the real challenger that he wants to take on is his former tag team partner and um, dojo mate <clears throat> or stable mate in the class with him is Fit Finley. I mean, David Fit, David Finley. I always call him Fit Finley. David Finley of Finjuice, um, one half of the Impact Tag Team Champions. In the New Japan Cup, it was um, David Finley that got the pinfall to eliminate Jay White out of the tournament so that he would not win the New Japan Cup. Therefore, he wants David Finley, and he's also stated that he wants a shot at Taguchi, and he also wants a shot at um, Juice Robinson as well. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how that turns out. Now let's get down to May 4th. And now what happened at May 4th is going to basically set the stage for what's happening now with New Japan Pro Wrestling and their impending pausing of their shows for the month of May. Wrestling Dantaku Night 2, May 4th on Tuesday. They had uh, at the Fukuoka Convention Center, 2,367 fans. All right. So the Bullet Club, ladies and gentlemen, made a year, made another year. This was their anniversary to get the, um, to um, pr pretty much make a name for themselves. 
Um, I think it's like eight year anniversary of the of the formation of the group. Since 2013. So now let's get right down to business. Six man tag match. Doki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi took on the Gorillas of Destiny, the IWGP World Tag Team Champions, and Jado. Um, taking on the um, Doki and Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, of course, the number one challengers. The match was very good. It went 10 minutes, and uh, it was Zack Sabre Jr. getting the win to um, get the pinfall over on um, Jado to... Um, Secure the win for the Suzuki Goon um, Army in this matchup, and that's going to secure their match for the um, the tag team titles. And tag team action, we have Master Wato and Hiroshi Tenzan losing to Bullet Club members Taji Shimori and Yujiro Takahashi, with um, Taji Shimori hitting the Bloody Cross on Master Wato. Ten minutes, twenty four seconds. Great match between both these guys, but in the end, it was the Bullet Club coming out on top on this match. Six-man tag team action. We had the United Empire, Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, and Great Ocon taking on Bushi, Sonata, and Naito. 14 minutes, 54 seconds. With the Tour of the Islands, Jeff Cobb getting the win on Bushi one more time. Six-man tag team action. We had Taguchi Ryusuke, Yano Toru, and Hiroshi Tenzan taking on Bullet Club. Evil, um... Dick Togo and Jay White. It was Yano Toro who got the pinfall on Dick Togo with the low blow and the schoolboy 12 minutes, 14 seconds. This was the first match where we saw Jay White as the brand new never open weight champion. Uh, Tanahashi looked like he was in great shape, but uh, he wants another crack at the title. But he feels that Tanahashi should never get a crack at his title ever again. So he can just go all the way to the end of the line and go do something else. Maybe Tanahashi can go after the United States heavyweight title because I don't know. Maybe that might be something looming in the works. But I know that he is not done with Jay White, not by a long shot. And in the main event matchup, Will Ospreay defends the IWGP World Heavyweight title against Shingo Takagi in his first defense hitting the Stormbreaker on 44 minutes and 53 seconds to retain the title. It was a great contest between these guys. It was hard hitting. You had a table spot where um, Osprey got hit with the pumping, um, with the Made in Japan from off the ring apron going through the table. But it was pretty much a, an update to the classic um, match that they had, not only at the New Japan Cup, but what they had at the um, Best of the Super Juniors two years ago, right before both guys moved up to the heavyweight division. So, Will Ospreay successfully defended the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in a fantastic contest. But initially, there was supposed to be a bout between... El Desperado and uh, Yo but uh, Yo was not able to perform on the card and now we're going to get into the reasons why and also Kazuchika Okada was although he wasn't booked to be on the card 
He was supposed to be in the building, but he was not there. And this is the reason why um, these two guys were not there and why there was a change in the card. Now, um, let's see what we got here. For the New Japan Strong for this past Friday, we had the DKC and Kevin Knight. They took on Adrian Quest and um, Barnett Brown. It was Kevin Knight with the Shooting Star Press. Actually, it was Adrian Quest with the Shooting Star Press on Kevin Knight. Um, and then at the end, it was um, Barrett Brown turning on Adrian Quest in the matchup. In tag team action, we had um, Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson taking on Jordan Clearwater and Mysterioso. Uh, 10 minutes, 21 seconds, movie on the roof. Royce Isaacs hit that maneuver on Jordan Clearwater to get the pin. And then, of course, like I said, the main event, Chris Dickerson and John Moxley defeating both Ren Narita and Yuji Nagata in tag team action. Nine minutes, 18 seconds, setting up for the matchup that's going to take place on the upcoming AEW show for May 12th for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Now let's get right into the meat and potatoes, ladies and gentlemen. Because of an, another outspread of the pandemic in New Japan Pro Wrestling, two wrestlers were not able to compete on the show. This is from May 5th's news, ladies and gentlemen. Two New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers have tested positive for um, for the pandemic. All New Japan Wrestling talent is subjected to daily temperature monitoring as well as blood and oxygen saturation checks and frequent testing. Before the road to Dontaku shows, all the wrestlers and staff returned with negative PCR tests, clearing them for competition. On the morning of May 4th, on, the, on night two, Two wrestlers presented with high t was presented with high temperatures, according to protocol that were taken to for immediate testing, and those while those who had close contact with those individuals in the last two events were removed from the proceedings. New Japan has learned that the individuals did test positive. Now, of course, I know that I'm you know we're not allowed to really say it, and, and I'm not going to say it because I'm not trying to get all stuff flagged. So we, we all know what's going on. So they were tested because of they were they were tested positive. The two are currently experiencing mild symptoms and are acting under medical advice for treatment and recovery. Other wrestlers as well as staff who have been in contact with these individuals are currently being thoroughly monitored in a controlled environment and receiving relevant tests. Updates will provide will be provided in due course. New Japan Pro Wrestling apologizes for the inconvenience caused by the sudden change of this card of the news necessitated for the May 4th event. In addition to the aforementioned regular health monitoring, the requirement of the mask during warm-up and backstage, as well as the provision of packaged food to monitor outside interaction, are all enforced by New Japan Pro Wrestling events. Moving forward, New Japan will work further to improve its pandemic countermeasures and will do everything possible to ensure safety and for the fans and for the wrestlers and staff. Once again, they deeply apologize for the concern this has caused um, for the fans for their uh, uh, and the personnel, and thank you for understanding. So according to that, like I mentioned earlier, Kazuchika Okada and 
Yo from Rapunky 3K were the two that were the ones that contracted the um, symptoms of the pandemic. So they were they had to um, they were had to be taken off the card. Um, and what that does now is is that um, it it now faces for this situation, which just recently came out that the wrestling Grand Slam shows from May fifteenth. And uh, the end of March have been postponed. This is coming from the Japanese uh, government and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On Friday, May 7th, the Japanese government announced an extension of the state of emergency currently in Tokyo and other prefectures. In light of this announcement, as well as current pandemic infection status, and in order to prevent any potential spread, further spread of this um of the pandemic, New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived with the decision to postpone the Wrestling Grand Slam events at Yokohama Stadium and at the Tokyo Dome, previously scheduled for both May 15th and May 29th, respectively. New Japan deeply apologizes to all of the fans looking forward to these events for these inconveniences and disappointments have been caused. New dates for both events are currently being finalized. More information will follow as soon as it becomes available. All tickets for the events will be valid. Retain your ticket. Any ticket holder who cannot attend on the rescheduled dates will be eligible for a refund. At the time, we ask for your understanding and patience until research dates are confirmed. Rescheduled dates are confirmed. Please keep checking back on the website, New Japan Pro Wrestling 1972.com for further information on the Wrestle Grand Slam and the other New Japan events scheduled going forward. So now, going to this, this is the last thing. This is from, this is actually from today. Pardon me for a second as I take another sip. As a result of PCR testing conducted across the roster following the May 4th Wrestling Dontaku event in Fukuoka, New Japan Pro Wrestling has learned that seven positive tests for the pandemic had arisen. As previously reported, two wrestlers who presented with who were presented with fever on the day of May 4th were immediately tested in accordance to the protocols with the test returning positive. In light of this news, all those who have had contact with the infected parties as an addition to every wrestler on the roster received their PCR test with with a further seven wrestlers being tested positive. All those who were tested positive are experiencing the mild symptoms or are asystematic. According to the protocols and under medical advice, are all isolating and receiving appropriate treatment. New Japan Pro Wrestling has a strict implemented pandemic policy drawn up under expert advice and guidance. This includes daily temperature and blood oxygen saturation checks as well as regular PCR testing. All attendants are all attendees are temperature screened on entry to venues. Masks are required during training and backstage. Packaged food is provided in order to limit unnecessary movement outside. However, we take these developments extremely serious and are working to further strengthen our pandemic countermeasures in the future. New Japan Pro Wrestling deeply apologizes for the concern that this has caused to the fans and the personnel. We ask you and we thank you for your understanding. So, because of this, ladies and gentlemen, seven wrestlers 
have contracted the pandemic, mild symptoms of the pandemic, and they're sitting home. So for right now, two wrestlers, Sho, I mean Yo, and Kazuchika Okada, have acquired the um, symptoms. And now we got five other additional wrestlers that have acquired the pandemic. Now, because of this, the Wrestling Grand Slam tours have been canceled. This is why, one, the junior heavyweight um, title match did not take place between uh, Yo and um, El Desperado. And, of course, you know... um, Will Ospreay was supposed to be taking on uh, Kazuchika Okada at the May 29th Tokyo Dome show. And um, that's not going to take place until when they get things uh, situated and figured out. So that's going to be a tough call right there. So uh, New Japan is working on their measures. Now, what I appreciate about what New Japan is doing is that they're putting their fans and their wrestlers and their staff first and they're putting the country first so because of these things they're scaling back for a little bit which was cool i mean they had to do that since um the beginning of april they scaled back um some of the matches instead of making it seven matches or eight matches they made the matches five and they weren't able to book everybody's till so there go um they did what they needed to do so five matches on on the cards all the way up until this point is um was necessary for New Japan so that they can um keep things afloat. And um it's a shame that um these guys caught the pan caught the symptoms. So we wish for a speedy recovery for Kazuchika Okada and for um Yo of Rapongi 3K. And like I mentioned, um, uh, Fantasmo made his debut and uh, Juice Robinson took on um, Doc Gallows in singles competition. Fantasmo made his debut on Impact this past Thursday, which was May 6th, with a convincing victory over fellow Impact debutante VSK. VSK surprised Fantasmo early with a flurry of moves, but ELP responded in typical aggressive and arrogant styling that he is known for a back rake and a tree of woe proceeded with a high cross and a springboard moonsault for Phantasmo. When VSK started to build his momentum, the result was a twisted nipple and a sudden death to grant victory to ELP. And also we seen, um, Doc Gallows take on Juice Robinson in singles competition Finn Juice regained their te- retained their tag titles against Gallows and Anderson, leading to Gallows to challenge Finn Juice in a singles bout. With Anderson, the Impact World Heavyweight Champion and the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega was there, along with Don Callis in the corner. Gallows immediately set up the high pace and violent temperament in the match, but Robinson withstood all of the punches and the blows and the back rakes and the eye rakes before hitting a cannonball in the corner with Juice. Um, sent over the top rope. He was cut off by a uh, big boot by Gallows, which sent him to the floor. Gallows and uh, Gallows pounded away at Juice before hitting and biting Robinson's forehead and landing a body slam. But as Gallows went for the kill, Robinson evaded contact and scored with a short DDT for the two. 
Juice Robinson connected with the left hand of God, but before hitting with the Pulp Friction, um, Anderson and Omega hopped on the apron, taking advantage of the distraction, allowing for Gallows to hit the choke slam, the choke bomb for the victory. And then they were both attacked by Omega. Um, Eddie Edwards um, came to the ringside to help out, but they got attacked and laid out by the Good Brothers and the world champion Kenny Omega. Finjuice and Edwards will team up against the Good Brothers and Omega at Under Siege May 15th. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, very tough call for um, New Japan Pro Wrestling at this stage of the game. It's uh, pretty jacked up. Um, looking at a couple other things before um, I get into... Um, closing out what needs to be done. I already mentioned about this. Oh, Maria Canellas wants to appear at Wrestle Kingdom in January. During a recent appearance on the Wrestling Inc. Daily, ROH Board of Directors member Korea Canellas Bennett expressed her desire to appear at Wrestle Kingdom 16 next January. Canellas made her intentions clear while discussing her and her husband Mike Bennett's reunion with Matt Taven and ROH. It's like the Three Stooges all over again, um, Canellas told Wrestling Inc. It's both ridiculous and amazing, but I'm hoping next year, and I am putting this into the universe, that we go over to Wrestle Kingdom because that event is named after us. And I know it's been a while, but since, hey, but they knew that there would be a kingdom, so they would make Wrestle Kingdom, so I'm hoping to be there for January. Canellas continued, I also think that the kingdom coming together is something special. I don't think that it'll be a full-time thing. I'm heavily vested in ROH's women's division, and Mike is invested in his singles career and moving towards possibly going after the pure championship, and Taven is going after that world heavyweight title. So we all have our things happening, but there will be a time that the Wrestle Kingdom will be invited, invaded by the kingdom. When asked if the fans can expect the relationship between ROH and New Japan to continue, Canellas feels like, I think we saw a little bit of that at the 500 episode of ROH, and I am hoping that we will see more of this in the future. But it's tough right now because of the restrictions and not being able to go to Japan. I'm hoping that all of this starts to come back to open once the world um, opens up again. Canellas presently, presently an authority figure in ROH. Authority, I sound like a Canadian. An authority figure for ROH had high praise for the pure champion, Jonathan Gresham, the octopus. She said, I met him a few years ago when he had a tag match against Mike and Matt. And I was like, holy cow, this guy is really talented. And then, and now to see him with this whole thing has changed, he is so impressive. Pure wrestling is his style, and he is, if not very close at the best at it. So that's would be very interesting on what's going on with that. Uh, a lot of people are also having these ideas and superstar dream matches and places that they want to see. Um, D Brian Danielson go to now that his, um, his WWE contract had expired. Many people are hoping that he would, um, take this opportunity to go to New Japan and work a couple of matches. Many people are hoping that he would come to AEW, work a couple of matches, ROH, and work a couple of matches. We all just need to see what's going on. We just need to wait and see what's happening with that. And let's see if Booker T, let's see, we got something here about Booker T. Booker T agrees with Chris Jericho about working with um, Impact 
about AEW and Impact working together. On the latest episode of the Hall of Fame podcast, by the way, this is also brought by uh, Mark um, Rovier from um, Marco Rovier from uh, Wrestling News Inc. And all of the New Japan news, of course, came from the New Japan Pro Wrestling website. On the latest episode of the Booker T Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T spoke about the criticism he had received for the comments he made about a previous episode regarding Kenny Omega becoming the Impact World Champion. Booker stated that Impact gained nothing by having Omega win their world title, and he doesn't know what the company was thinking right now while Rebellion was the most successful Impact pay-per-view in years, with the television ratings being the lowest since 2021. After receiving the criticism, Booker admitted that it had been tough to deal with the negativity, but he still doesn't refute what he says. He says that the um that the decision to allow Omega hold their title is not good and it looks bad for Rich Swan. He said, I have not been able to sleep properly these last few days. All this stuff on the internet, but I stay off the internet because sometimes it breaks my heart. I got feelings too. And people always comment, always got comments and whatnot. I was just making an opinion about Impact and AEW. AEW World Champion going over to Impact winning the Impact Championship. I just did not think that it was a good idea to beat Rich Swan. I just did not think it was a good idea from a company perspective. Chris Jericho made comments regarding the Impact AEW relationship and saying that AEW is on a completely different level than Impact. Booker T said that he agrees with Jericho and he believes that he has not signed up to wrestle in AEW for another company like Impact. And now, not only do I think it was a, wasn't a good idea, Chris Jericho is talking. And the question is, is that what about an evasion angle between Impact and AEW? He said he didn't think that it was a good idea at all. I did not think it was a good idea. Now, am I wrong or is Chris wrong? Chris Jericho had would have been a uh, would have been in character playing a role, but his comments were he was never going to be seen inside an Impact ring in front of an empty arena. That's not going to happen. He said personally for me, I don't think Jericho brought into AEW working for Impact. That's a totally different contract. I have not. I have no time to even entertain something like this unless. I was one of the executive producers getting those kind of checks. Am I wrong or is Chris wrong? Booker also spoke that he does not think that the relationship between the two companies will last much longer. Being the host of a podcast, Booker continued to say that it can be critical given his platform and he has the right to say what he wants about the wrestling relationship. It just muddies the water more than anything. Booker says, I need you to focus on my show, my stars all the time. Nobody else ever. That's my opinion. When people talk and say things that I don't know what I'm talking about or maybe I should not speak on it, this is called a show. This is what we do. We speak on stuff, all right? And if it's newsworthy, the thing is, is that you should want us to talk about it because we actually know what we're talking about as opposed to someone who does not know what they're talking about. I'm going to shoot on this real quick. To be honest with you, Booker is entitled to his opinion. Now, many of us got our views about Booker T. I respect Booker as a wrestler, Hall of Famer, um, twice over, six-time world heavyweight champion, 
um, Grand Slam winner in the WCW and in the WWE. But I will just say this. Booker's entitled to his opinion. If he feels that this is a one-sided relationship, then it's a one-sided relationship. And if you got a set of eyes and a mind to see this, yeah, it is kind of one-sided. Because what does this do for impact, right? The only impact champions is the X Division champion, the the knockouts champion, the knockouts tag team champion, right? The world heavyweight title is around the waist of an AEW superstar. The world tag team titles is around the waist of New Japan superstars. There's nothing to weigh out here. Booker's kind of right. It's one-sided. But everyone loves the idea of Kenny Omega being the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of him being the world champion. But there was something that Booker said a couple of weeks ago prior to this and prior to the, you know, the pitchforks and the torches coming after him. He said that what he would have done if he booked this card, the match between Swan and um, Kenny Omega, that it would have just been a clusterfuck, a, um, a DQ finish, and there would be no dispute. Impact would still have a world champion on a full-time basis. AEW will still have their champion, and they can still have their working agreement. It's just that Kenny just would not be the world champion. Rich Swan would be the champion because in the end, this is what's happening now. Because now Impact has to scramble to find a number one contender to go after the world heavyweight title. And from the way that they're doing things, it seems like it's going to be Davey Richards that's going to be challenging for the belt. And not that I, you know, have grievance about uh, Davey Richards challenging for the title. I think it's great because he's going to put on one hell of a freaking match. Here you have a guy the former Impact World Champion, the former NOAA Champion, going up against the AEW AAA Mega Champion and the Impact Champion, why the hell not? Also, we got word too that um, La Sombra, aka Andrade, had challenged um, Kenny Omega for the Mega Championship. One of the things that people are talking about is that right now it's not a good look for Kenny to drop the world titles. Neither belt. Until he, quote unquote, acquires the IWGP Heavyweight Championship or perhaps maybe the Never Openweight title from um, either Will Ospreay and or Jay White. Because here's what's got to happen. There has to be another... Uh, confrontation between Jay White and Kenny Omega, but then they also want to do a Kenny Omega Will Osprey situation. And I'll be honest with you, um, this is all due to them trying to, and I believe this from the bottom of my heart. They're looking to do, and mark my words on this. They're looking to do a Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi match. I'm going to say it again. They're looking to do a Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi match for the world heavyweight titles. 
And what's going to happen is, is that he wins these titles. And then after when it's all said and done, this is when Kenny drops everything. And it's going to be a slow drop for everything. Why? Because he dropped, let's say if he, he does drop the belt, let's, let's say, for example, Will Ospreay captures the title. But New Japan isn't going to be that crazy to book Kota and um, Kenny for the titles like that. I can see Jay White. I can see that shit happening. You know, you understand? But what I will say is, is that slowly but surely, we have to look at a couple of things. He, Kenny can't lose no matches right now. And I know I'm not supposed to be doing no AEW coverage, but Kenny can't drop that world title right now. If he does, here's who he's dropping it to. Everyone knows he's dropping the title to Adam Page. We're talking about the AEW heavyweight title. He's dropping the AEW heavyweight title to Hangman Page. Because right now, there's no number one contender for the AEW championship at this present stage of the game other than John Moxley, right? So you got John Moxley. You got Eddie Kingston. You got Hangman Page floating around in here. You got Lance Archer floating around. You got all these other guys right there. The only other person that can't go for it is Cody. So I don't know why I'm bringing Cody Rhodes into this. But you have that situation there. So it's only fitting that Hangman Page will be the one to get a crack at that world title. And the one that's going to beat Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight title. As far as the Impact Championship goes... They are doing a, um, a scramble to determine who's going to be their world, the, the challenger to Kenny Omega. Right now, other than Davey Richards, Rich Swan is not getting a shot at that belt anytime soon, not for quite some while. And then last but certainly not least, Moose, he has a contract that's coming up. And there's talks that he might be leaving. Then you got Sammy Callahan. Who else do they got? Big Cass, Big Cass just came in there. Eric Young, just getting back in there. What are they going to do? Then there's Nick Aldis, the world heavyweight champion of the NWA. Speaking of which, let me talk about Nick Aldis real quick. Nick Aldis um, did an interview recently, and they were talking about the highest paid wrestler is the best wrestler in pro wrestling. So I find that to be very interesting. That the best worker is the highest paid. And you know, that's true. The guy who makes the most money is the best worker. So as they had this interview, they were talking about this and they mentioned up a time where Hogan and uh, Nick Aldis had a conversation. And um, he said, to further illustrate this point, Nick Aldis brought up something that was brought to him by Hulk Hogan. According to Aldis, while at the event, Aldous and Hogan were working for TNA. Put into perspective on what's considered a good worker in wrestling. He said, I was doing an appearance with Hulk in Tampa and someone, I forgot who it was, but it was one of those things where somebody was kind of pseudo involved in the business, like with the radio or TV or something like that. And someone was who was kind of overstepping their bounds a little bit, but as far as using insider lingo and stuff like that. And he was a bit obnoxious. I was kind of gracious and I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And one guy went and said, man, 
you're really your work is really getting better. You're becoming a real good worker. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, thanks. He walked away and I turned to Hulk and sort of smiled. I said, you hear that? He goes, brother, the guy who makes the most money is the best worker. Son of a bitch. Hogan's right. And you'll never hear me say Hogan's right ever again out of my lips. He's right. And I'm a capital off like that. The best worker is the one who makes the most money. So regardless to what anyone says, you look at the top guys in the business that's making the money. Roman. Cena. Kenny. Okada, Tana, Jay White. I'm just kind of giving a speculation of those things. Guys who do simple stuff. Dusty, Flair, Piper, Savage. The best worker is the one that draws the money. You could be the most technically sound wrestler on the face of the earth. Or you could be the most shit wrestler on the face of the earth. But if you got charisma, you have the ability to hit people's emotions, heal or baby face, and you have them in the palm of your hand, you're the best worker. I ain't got to say no more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was my damn hell, one whole hour of this episode of Wrestlers with Experience. If you love the episode, if you love what we do, thank you. We love your support. Reach us here on our on our on our streams, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Podbean, Castbox, Podcast Addict, Deezer, and Tuned In. I think I got all of them. Woo! Also, um, this was taped on Mother's Day, so um, thank you to all of the mothers in the world. Shout out to um, Dietrich's mom, uh, my mom, uh, my nieces, my aunts in particular. This was kind of tough because, um, you know, this is the first Mother's Day without my grandma. And um, shout out to all of my peoples and basically all of the fans. Love and hug your moms. Do all of that. Please do that. And um, honor her. Honor thy mother. You know, if you're, you're spiritual like that, you show respect to your moms. If not, I'm going to drop kick you. Um, but that's what you do. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, tune in to our social medias as well. Follow us on our social media. I don't know why I said tune in. Follow us on our social medias. You know our respective social medias. Uh, I am getting ready to go. So I will hope to see and hope to hear from you guys um, in quite a bit. So we thank you for tuning in. For this uh, episode of Wrestlers with Experience. Dietrich got another one in the can. He's going to come back with some more stuff. The world boss is going to hit you in the head with some new stuff. And he got a very, 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 very important and special and funky project that um, that we're going to be working on. And we're looking forward to getting that and bringing that to you guys. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's 
a very, very, very important wrestlers with experience that we're going to be working on. And eventually soon, the greatest fucking tag team in all of the multiverse will be back together again, face to face, inside the same area, bringing you guys our opinions of the latest wrestling news and happenings throughout this here galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mark Morell. Mark Morell, not Mark Monroe, Mark Morell, a.k.a. Mark Knight, a.k.a. the Herald to fucking Galactus. Yeah, he's the world boss, but goddammit, I also call him Galactus. He's a planet eater, but goddammit, I'm the Herald. I search out the worlds for him, you know. Call me the Silver Surfer. God damn it. You know, that's what it is. He's Dark Side. Motherfucker, I am, um, his son. Well, not necessarily his son. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Please enjoy yourselves, and I will talk to you guys soon. Much love, and we'll see you in a little bit.